Welcome to Money Talk with Tiff, a podcast where we discuss everything money from tips and tricks to current events. Follow me on my journey to become debt-free and meet other cool people along the way. I am your host, Tiffany Grant. Now let's talk money. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. Today, I have Nakia Swinton on the line, and she's one of the co-hosts of the so-called Oreos podcast. I love that name. I told her that before we hit record. Um, A podcast that discusses all the awkwardness, hardships, and hilarity of society labeling you as an Oreo. I've actually had that title before myself. Um, She has a career in the media industry where she started professionally on the communications team at Vice Media, but for her current role of being a talent assistant for Warner Media's Linear Channels. Hey, Nakia, how are you? Hi, Tiffany. Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. (laughs) Awesome. So from one Oreo to another, no. (laughs) I love that. I I love your podcast name because, um, you know, just growing up, talking when you talk a certain way, people label you as an Oreo, which to me is crazy. And it's kind of um, mm, like reverse racism in itself. And so, you know, I love that you all use that as your platform. Yeah, sure. It's definitely something it's funny because I feel like we were kind of like, we. I I started to put two and two together that so many people can relate to this. And I was like... (laughs) Oh, okay. Everyone comments on the name. Like, it's very relatable. And then we've had people who are, like, who are, like, Chinese or um, Costa Rican and be like, oh, yeah, I relate to this, too, because, you know, people think I'm, like, white because I don't do this, like, in Chinese culture. I don't do this in, like, Costa Rican culture and stuff like that. So it's pretty, pretty interesting to hear other people's, like, perspective on that, too. Right. And then my thing is, what is being white? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is being black? And then, so anyway, that opens up a whole different discussion, which is not (laughs) why we're here today. (laughs) But just to get my listeners thinking about that, like, what is that? Like, what does it look like? We discuss a lot of it. I think our second episode is You Talk So White, so. There we go. So yeah, definitely turn into that podcast episode. (laughs) Um, So anyway, I wanted to talk to you about your money story because I feel like it's very unique in the way that your dad um, was very good with money. And so he set you up pretty early with the debit card. Um, If you want to just give a little you know, synopsis around that, like, how did he make that decision? What age you were? And how did you use that responsibility? Yeah, so my dad, um, I think he always just wanted me and my sister to be good with money. And I think, um, because he came from like a a single parent household, um, that he kind of saw like his, his mom do everything, like she was able to do it, but you know, she had to work like, you know, two or three jobs and had two kids and came from Alabama to New Jersey. So it wasn't an easy like transition. So I think he wanted it to be as easy as possible for us to be, um, to have money because not everyone unfortunately is like blessed with that opportunity. So I think he just wanted us to like be really good with money and he never really like micromanaged us, which was good. Um, so he decided to give us a debit card, PNC. Uh, I remember cause it's like, I go to the same bank in my town when I'm, when I'm up here. But, um, 
I just remember like going there, opening an account. It was with a black woman too, so I think I remember that too. Um, but, <laughs> Representation matters, yeah. y'all. <laughs> exactly. It's a very small like white town, but I remember. I do remember the girl setting up our account was black, um, and I think my dad put a hundred dollars in for each of us. We had this debit card, and I think it's like the student debit card. Like I don't even know what it's called, but. Um, so he gave us like oh, they gave us like a little book to like track everything. So it was like you start with a hundred, then you like if we you know went to Applebee's or something, it would be like we'd write in the book like minus ten dollars and cents or something like that. Um, and then obviously when I got older, I stopped doing that because I'm like I'm not tracking this. Dad, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all of your teachings went down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was just like because it was like we, we were like thirteen, I think. I would say the freshman and high school so yeah that was like 13 for us um it had to be like no more freshman software high school so we and we were young like 13 14 um so uh it was was just like you know when you're because we didn't have jobs then but when your family gave you like money you know we would put it in the pnc account and like learn how to do the atm and we had a checkbook we and sometimes my dad would be like if we owed my dad like ten dollars he'd be like okay practice writing a check or something like that so I just always remember being like young and kind of like figuring that out. So um, yeah, that's kind of the main story of how we got started with like the debit card at like a very young age. And you know what? You just gave me an excellent idea um, because I have an 11 year old currently and I'm like, you know what? To see, I didn't get my first debit card until I was 16 because I had you know, got my first job, you know, finally had some like real income coming in, real being $7 an hour, exactly. still, um, <laughs> some real income coming in. And so I was like, Ooh, I want to get direct deposit. Let me open up an account. And so that's when I had my first debit card, but I'm over here thinking like, if I can set my 11 year old, uh, maybe in a couple years, like when he's 13, um, with a debit card that way when he asks me for stuff on Fortnite and things like that he can just go ahead and punch in his numbers and track it in his little book and therefore he doesn't think money grows on trees because like currently you know they have their piggy banks and you know if they want something on Fortnite, i'm like well because I have two kids, I'm like, well, since y'all both are going to use it, just split it in half and give me the money. But now I'm over here like, you know, when kids get older, they start, and I'm not saying my kids will do this, but I used to work for Xbox and kids start running up credit cards, running yep. up debit cards, things like that. You always hear stories about that. <laughs> yes. And it's so real. Like I can tell you the countless calls that I got from angry parents wanting to get their money back. And I'm like, there's nothing we can do about that. Oh, wow, you know? awesome. Yeah, because <laughs> you have to say yes, like three or four different times. And so it's not like you could do it by accident. And yeah. so I would explain that to the parents and they're like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, somebody's getting a whooping later. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that whooping is going to be bad. <laughs> right. So I'm over here thinking like, just in case my kids decide to get bold, um, which I doubt that they will, but if they get bold, I can just go ahead and switch it over to their little debit cards. And that way, if they try to spend money that they don't have, then it won't go through. 
yeah that's a great idea I think because yeah and I think um I think people maybe think like oh 11 13 is too young but it really isn't because they're gonna that's like close to hitting like high school and you know and the more they get old older like like you said like they're gonna be wanting more stuff like the xbox stuff or like the fortnite stuff and then it saves time just like constantly begging you for money when they're you're just like okay use your own money Mm -hmm. exactly i love that idea and i think we're gonna implement that um (laughs) here soon uh because they already like i opened up savings accounts for them but i did not open up a checking account for them and so i think that would be the next step so thank you um that actually gave me a good idea Uh, (laughs) so Let's fast forward a little bit. So 13, you got your first debit card. Um, You said when you went to college, um, you got your first credit card. How was that experience? Yeah, I'm forgetting why I got the credit card. I think that was obviously probably also because my parents. (laughs) So I think my parents had a credit card where it didn't cost money. Um, like it didn't have an annual fee and it was points so we like then I started learning about points and um, like the credit store would come up and um, like my dad would always be like if you can't pay for it like don't put money on the credit card like don't be that person that adds a bunch of credit card debt and if you can you need to pay the balance off every single month so then it was like okay pay the balance off every month Um, so I never had a time where it was like you know, like fees and um, stuff like that. Because when I was young, my dad was like, don't don't put stuff on the credit card that you can't um, do. I'm trying to remember, like, I, I feel like that was probably maybe towards the end of college, like junior, uh, senior year, because I definitely had it, like, outside of college. And then I think I got, like, two more credit cards. And one has, like, an annual fee, um, but it has more points. So I was doing the points more. And um, the MX had like more like the entertainment points, like I would be able to go to concerts more. Um, but yeah, I just always remember being like, don't do not put money on the credit card if you cannot pay off the balance each month. So that was really installed. And like, it was crazy, because I would hear like, my friends the same age, and they would talk about like being credit card debt, like very, very young. And I was just like, oh, wow, I guess your parents didn't tell you, like, don't put money on the credit card. Um, so yeah, that, that's how I started learning about credit cards and like just paying off the balance and uh, the points and, and the rewards. Um, so yeah, that was probably like in college where the money kind of got a little more like responsibility. And then I also had a job in college um, and I also had a job like on campus and I had a job when I would come back to my hometown. So then I had to be more involved with the money and start to save and, and figure out where my finances would go because I, I was getting more uh, sources of income at that time. Okay, cool. So were you responsible with the credit card? Yeah, I, w- I was responsible. I think also because I wasn't like paying for that much stuff. Like in college, it's like, wait, what? what like maybe alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> And I wasn't, I was, I think I'm a little younger for my age. So I didn't turn 21 until the second half of senior year. So I, I, and I don't even know, I'm trying to think of when Venmo came out. I had to be closer to the end of college because I graduated in 2016. Um, So yeah, I feel like we just had cash or like went to the um, ATM. I think I would pay for like to go to the city for my internships, but that was also a pay, like I had um, almost all my internships are paid. So Mm -hmm. I would balance of how much money does it cost to go to the city how much does it come back like where does my check go stuff like that but I was pretty good with the credit card like I didn't spend anything any big purchases like I never was the college kid that went to like 
like a huge spring break or like you know we didn't go on vacation like that um so yeah it was pretty it was pretty good I, I think I was pretty good with it awesome so gen z that are listening right now you can be responsible with your money in college yeah, we yes. have an exhibit a right here <laughs> Yeah, okay. I think it's because my dad was like, you. he really installed, like, don't be that person that has credit card debt. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I don't want to be that person. You're right. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, dad. Thank you. Yeah. So um, if we fast forward a little bit more, um, we get to the topic of student loans, right? So even though your dad, um, you know, taught you good money habits and things like that, there's some things that you need to get loans for just because you can't afford it and let me get on my soapbox really quick and then I'll hop right back off um it disproportionately affects minorities um because you know from years of uh, years of um not having financially um and sometimes it's no fault of our own I'll just put it that way um it makes it so that like our parents couldn't pay for our college. And so now we have to get the brunt of student loan debt um, just so we can, you know, get that education if we want it or just get to that next level in our corporate career. And so let me hop back off my soapbox. So (laughs) with student loans, because we both have them, um, what I'm curious to know, what, if anything, were you taught about student loans before you had to get them? Yeah, so I, I didn't know much about student loans. Um, like, I would just be like, okay, the bill from college came, asked my parents what I had to do with this. Um, <laughs> I, I think I had a Fed loan. Like, they showed me, like, the account I had. Like, it was set up in my name. So they showed me the account. Um, of like where my loans, like where I could check the loans. Um, so I would check it. And then I think after like each semester, I would look and see like what had the highest interest rate. So I would like, I would be putting money in through school, like from my internships and my, in my on-campus job, because I had both at the time. Um, so I was getting income. It was like you said, it was like $8 an hour or something, but at that time it was enough for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was just saving it. And, um, I remember, like, after, like, it was mostly after the winter semester, like, we would look at it, and it would say something, if it said something crazy, like, 6% interest, um, my mom was like, you you should probably pay that off, like, as soon as you can, so I think we, when I had, like, a little more saved up, I would, I would start paying it through school, so, like, anything that had, like, a crazy high interest rate, um, I would pay it off during school, or try to save to pay it off during school. So I started paying off loans, like I want to say my sophomore year. Like that's when I started. And then um, after college, I got a big person job and then saved more. And I would up the amount that, I think my my rate was like 200, but I would up it to like 300 to, to pay it off faster. So each month I would pay $300 instead of like 200 just so I can like pay it. And if I had like a little extra income from like, taxes or something it would always go to the loans like um anything that had like a high interest rate and then last year actually or like earlier this year I refinanced my loans I honestly didn't really know what that was because I just I just would hear like you know refinance your loans and stuff like that and I was like what does that even mean then I looked into it and then I did it with Ernest because they had like a $200 referral 
And so my friend got $200. I got $200. I like combined it, lowered the rate for like the high ones. And if you do it on automatic pay, it it stays that rate. So um, I did that, which helps a little bit. And then every time I get like extra money, it goes to the loans. So um, if I have like a refund check or something like that, or like a bonus at work, it would always just go to loans because I'm like, I want to pay these loans off. so yeah, it's I definitely make it more priority than I feel like the average person, mm-hmm. um, because you know the loans aren't really going anywhere. I guess you're getting interest, but like you're, I still have them, you know. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that's kind of how the loans work. <laughs> so this is music to my ears. And <laughs> first, I want to make a point um, before I get to what's music in my, music to my ears. So the the point that I want to make is that parents. If you have kids, eventually they're going to come to you about financial stuff. Um, You know, Nakia said it here. She was like, when I got my student loan bill thing, I was like, oh, let me take it to my parents and see what to do Um, because they don't teach this stuff in school. And so the parents become the teachers when it comes to financial, you know, um, know how issues, whatever. And And it's so important for us, like everybody, the community as a whole, to get this financial education because somebody's going to ask you about something. And if you don't know what you're talking about or you're misinformed or you're uneducated about the topic and you give them the wrong information, it could affect their life forever. So it's very important um, to get financially educated, not only for yourself, but for others. Okay, just wanted to make that point. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) what's music to my ears is when you said, whenever I would get refunds or, you know, any extra money, bonuses, whatever, it goes straight to the debt. (laughs) Y'all, everybody asks me, how did you pay off $50,000 in debt in like two years? This is how, like any extra money I got, any extra money I came across, you know, outside of bills and, you know, basic necessities, it went straight to debt. And, you know, a, a result of that is yes, you have to give up some of your lifestyle, but what's more important, giving up some of your lifestyle now for, you know, chilling later or, you know, having the same lifestyle and then this debt is around forever, still accruing interest. Like, I know people, like what Nakia said, student loan interest does not go away. I mean, student loan debt does not go away, period. I know people that have had it for 20, 30 years now, and it's still there. <laughs> like, it's not going anywhere. And so I say it's the ultimate priority to get your student loans, well, any debt payoff, um, and especially with student loans, because they can start coming after your paycheck, they can start coming after your tax refunds, if you go into default, it's detrimental to your credit, so there's so many reasons why, and i I make this point because there are so many people that are like, uh, I'm not paying student loans. I don't care about my student loans. They'll just sit there. I'm going to focus on this. I'm going to focus on that. And I am here to tell you (laughs) that it can get very, very ugly if you don't pay attention to those student loans. Yeah. 
It, I didn't know that they started taking money um, from your check until I met this guy. It was my friend's roommate, and they were like, yeah, he didn't pay his loan, so they literally just started taking it from his paycheck, and I didn't know they could do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. They can definitely do that. Um, they can take it from your check. They can take it from your tax refund. Um, so it's best, even if you missed a couple payments, just stay in contact with the servicer. You know, maybe explain what's going on because you do not want them to put it in default because that's when all of those garnishments and things happen. Um, I'm speaking from my experience. Like, I know people in that situation currently. And then also, I used to be in payroll and HR and stuff, and putting in garnishments was no fun for me. Um, it's very tedious, but also <laughs> it's no fun for the person that's getting garnished because I can tell you countless calls where people are like, what is this coming out my paycheck? And I'm just like, you know, it's either... Department of Revenue, which is for state taxes or federal taxes or student loans, you know, whatever it was. And at that point, like, there's nothing that the payroll department can do. Like, they have to follow the order. And so, you know... The only person you can be mad at is yourself at that in yeah. that situation. Um, so anyway, <laughs> just a word of wise. <laughs> I think it's interesting you said like people don't want to give up that lifestyle because I feel like that's very apparent like now and like in terms of the pandemic where it's like people refuse to go with this lifestyle and then it's like the 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 um, consequence of that is like you know the country isn't doing better. We're still gonna be in lockdown, especially like in the winter. And it's like. At, at one point, we, we have to sacrifice a little bit, you know, I didn't go on like the spring break trip to like Miami, because I the refund went to like the student loans. But now it's like the people that did the spring break trip, like, I'm, I'm sure they have more loans and more debt. So mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. And the interest keeps accruing. So um, yeah, here you are. But <laughs> with all of that being said, um, let's see. So after, I guess right now, you're kind of at the place where you are paying off your student loans. So how much have you paid off so far and how much do you have left to go? Yeah, so I know I have about 10K left. Um, yeah, that's, that seems about right because I think I checked it not too long ago. <laughs> but how much did I paid off? I think I, from like, in terms of like since college and everything, I want to say like, I, I feel like it's like 20K. Mm. no no that can't be right like more like 15 10 to 15k because i think i had 30 in total and i have 10 last so yeah like 10 15 i guess i'm not sure because i definitely started like super early Mm -hmm. um and then like i said all the refunds and stuff went to it so that that probably was a bunch i think i paid a good amount this year because i did have a good refund and and also a bonus so i know i at least paid like 4k just this year so yeah probably 15 10k before this nice (laughs) very cool now one more question and then we'll get off the topic um did you start paying off your student loans while you were in college because i know you said you were working so did you think about that 
Yeah, I did. So it was only like, I think after every winter semester when I would check the loans, like to start the new semester. And if it had, you know, something crazy, like the highest interest rate, I was like, oh, I should probably pay that off because I could just, it was, it was super high. It was like 6% or something. Um, and I was just like, my mom was like, you, you really need to pay that off. So I was like, okay. Like she didn't help me, you know, they didn't, they never really like, they they definitely did a good job of like being like this is your responsibility mm-hmm. um and even after school it was like you know i i just had to do everything like my own it wasn't like those people that were like yeah i just my parents pay for my apartment you see right. a lot of that in new york city i think um especially the people that move like from the south up like the rich white kids and they're <laughs> just like yeah my, my dad pays for my rent it's like 1500 but like whatever <laughs> so, yeah <laughs> Right. I'll never forget because I used to drive Uber and Lyft and, you know, I would pick up college kids and things like that. And when I picked up some kids from this local university, I won't name any names, but I was just like, these kids are so privileged. Like they don't know the half of life. Like... (laughs) Like just hearing them talk amongst each other. Oh yeah, um, daddy is going to take me on his private jet and da 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 da. And I'm just like, you really do not have a clue how life really is. Like, <laughs> like you are being spoon fed. But I was like, you know what? Everybody's experiences are different, and you know, I hope that they learn responsibility, you know, money wise, before they you know, have to do things on their own. Because I feel like that's where some parents set their kids up for failure in that regard is when they don't give them responsibility. And they're just like, oh, I can just call daddy or mommy and I can get this, that, and the other. Um, When you do that, you kind of um, handicap your kid financially um, because at the end of the day they're not really learning any lessons and so they're going to wait until later on in life to learn these lessons that they could have learned earlier and then therefore avoid them later on so I feel like like for instance in my story I had my first kid at 18 and so from then on it was just like grind time and I still live like that to this day like even when I was making very good in corporate America I was still grinding like I was still driving Uber and Lyft I was still you know going hard and I feel like it was because of that and then also my mom made me pay my car payment at 16 so she was like oh yeah I'll sign but you have a job so (laughs) you're going to pay this and so at that time you know that would take like half my dang check and (laughs) and so I'm like okay if I want all these other things you know lifestyle wise I'm gonna have to figure out how I can afford it and so I became an extreme couponer at 16 Uh, so it just takes like things like that to learn particular lessons so that way like now I am doing pretty good and I contributed to those early lessons that I had in life and so I think that's a good way to wrap up (laughs) it was very like inspirational motivational just now (laughs) oh 
yeah. It's all great. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good point to end on because people are like super spoiled and then it's it's also just a bad look on them, you know, like I feel like most people don't want to be around those people that are like super spoiled and like have their parents pay for everyone because it's like uh, that's it's just it's not really relatable people don't want to be around that it's just it's kind of looks tacky when you're like hitting like your mid-20s and people are still paying for your stuff and it's just mm-hmm. like uh, okay right exactly <laughs> like you don't want to be you know let's say 25 plus and like hey mom can you pay my rent or can you pay my rent like it's not a good look so thank you so much Nakia for joining me today if people were interested in finding out more about you or more about your podcast where could they find you yeah, so the podcast is the so-called Oreos podcast. Um, like Tiffany said, it's, it's basically being labeled an Oreo and how um, we talk about different topics that affects us, such as speech and relationships and all that good stuff. So you can find that um, at so-called Oreos on all social media. And you can find the podcast on any podcast platform. And in terms of like myself, um, my website is NakiaSwinton.com. Um, and then my socials, I'm realizing that maybe I've done my socials so long ago that I'm realizing maybe I should get the same handle. <laughs> my, my Twitter handle, which I love Twitter, it's at Kia underscore Swinton. And my Instagram is at Kia.Swins. So, yeah, my full name is Nakia Swinton, N-A-K-I-A, last name S-W-I-N-T-O-N. But, like, my nickname's Kia, so that's why my socials probably don't reflect that. (laughs) But, yeah. (laughs) And that's fine. And I'll have all of those links in the show notes if you're interested in following Nakia or listening to their so-called Oreos podcast. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. All right. You have a good one. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Money Talk with Tiff podcast. For free resources and materials, head over to moneytalkwitht.com. And while you're there, why not sign up for our newsletter so you'll never miss an episode. Talk to you soon.